Hello everyone, welcome to this global GEG broadcast. We'll be making a start shortly, and while we're waiting for everyone to arrive, why not head into the chat, let us know who you are, where you're from, your Twitter handle, and if you've got any questions that you'd like us to answer during the course of this evening, let us know there as well. Also, if you haven't already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button to make sure you stay up to date with all of the events being organised by us at Global GEG. We'll be making a start really soon. Thanks for joining us. Yay! Hello, everybody. <laughs> Yay, we got Lance back. It's funny, he just dropped out. Right when we went live, we lost Lance. So I was going to say, I got the slides ready when I saw him drop. So. <laughs> there you go. By the, by the way, if you want to make comments and you're not logged in, do not hit the login button because that was, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, well, here we go. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. All right, so, so those of you listening out there, I don't know where you guys are at in conversation, but this is week four of getting started with Canvas. Uh, we wanted to lighten the mood a little bit right now for everybody. Uh, Adam and can tell you we're, we're about a weekend to school right now at this at Airpoint. We got some teachers that are, uh, I wanna say trying to do a little bit too much right now. Uh, and we just need to sit back and chill and, and do our best. Uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna show you, you know, what it's like to be a teacher inside Canvas tonight. We're gonna do this kind of in a panel discussion. So uh, we got Stacy and Dana. They're going to talk about their experiences, and we're kind of all. I'm going to say, is it all right, ladies, if I say we're all at different levels? That that fair? Okay. So some of us have been here in here a little longer. Adam's been more of a teacher. I've been more of a admin. Adam's done a little bit of the admin. I've done a little bit of the teaching. Uh, Stacy, I'm I'm not for sure what yours is. I know Dana, you're just getting started. So I'm sorry, Stacy. I'm not for no, sure. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say I do. I teach with Canvas. Our district is is using Canvas. I'm. Um, hey, I'm Michael introduce myself. I'm Stacy Klein. I'm with the Santa Ana Unified School District. I teach middle school STEM, robotics, coding, maker ed, uh, 3D printing, all that fun, hands-on, physical computing, feminineers. But I'm also a Google certified trainer, and I'm uh, one of our Google and Canvas coaches in the district. So I, I do have admin um, uh, uh, level access in the Canvas um uh, domain and so can help people, but definitely not at the skill level of Lance and Adam. There, they should literally be. I would, a I would not say that. Yeah. I would not say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Direct all emails to Stacy and Dana. We will. Yeah. Be but it's fun because then um, I I have a lot of ability to help people a little more than normally a coach would, um, and take a little bit of strain off of our. Bless our beautiful IT department at Santa Anita. It's called the Technology Integration Services. We love you. Um, they are working their little um, brains out uh, to get us rolling virtually. So it's nice to help a little bit. That hey, Lance, did you want to share your slides, kiddo? Oh, I was wondering why they weren't up there. My <laughs> I guess when I got kicked out, it kicked my slides off too. All right, there we go. All right, so I'm Lance Key. I am the support specialist. Now my title has changed since last week. Uh, I'm now a support specialist uh, because I'm supporting everybody in our district now. So uh, they felt like to change that for Putnam County Vital, for our virtual school, for our face-to-face -face schools, all that. I'm a Google certified innovator. I've got the level one, the level two uh, certified trainer. I've uh, been a trainer for about five years now. Um, couple of things that I that I really like that I'll point out here is Edge Elastic. If you can bring Edge Elastic into Canvas, uh, you'll really like that. And the one that I just recently got, and no throwing stones, guys, I got this last night, was my MIE, my Microsoft yeah. Innovative Educator. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've been training a lot of school districts on how to use uh, ViewSonic, my view boards, which you see I'm an authorized trainer for ViewSonic. A lot of those school districts have been Office 365 districts, which I don't really suggest, but that's okay. If that's the direction they decided to go, uh, Office 365 is fine. I think Google's better. But I felt like that I needed the certification. So when I walked oh, in the building, yeah. they're like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. So that's who I am. And you can follow me on Twitter at Lance R. Key. Uh, I, I retweet real well. Go ahead, Dana. I saw you want to I've say I've got a question. Yes, Which one was harder to get, the Google certs or the Microsoft certs? Oh, Google was much harder. Google was much, much harder. And by the way, when I got the Google certified trainer, which was back in the two tests ago, 
it was much harder then than it is now because you have to take a test for each different one and then you had to specialize into a certain one so my specialty was uh, google chrome and chromebooks mm -hmm. so anyways yeah so that's who i am and uh, i'm glad to be here with you guys tonight and we're, we're going to get through some of this all right my name's adam west i am the remote learning specialist what a title i guess of, Monter or of uh, Putnam County, and of course I work for Vital, Canvas admin, Canvas teacher for several years. Not as certifiable as Lance, but I'm certifiable <laughs> as well. And uh, I just put a bunch of pictures on there tonight just to kind of be funny with Lance. He knows what I'm talking about, but I, I think I'm more of a <laughs> lifelong learner. I uh, spent last summer working on learning Adobe Illustrator, one of the our new Photoshop before. And so just showed a few things that I'd done in Snapchat filters there, not necessarily the Fort Lauderdale and Orange Beach, but the other ones around where I live. <laughs> Yay! Oh, and uh, the on my slide, I put a couple things for fun on uh, personal stuff. So my husband and I are long distance cyclists, so you can check out some of our videos or follow us on YouTube. And then um, my certifications, because I'm uh, I'm a teacher and a and a a coach, but mostly my certifications are along lines of like Project Lead the Way, and I have four CT credentials and four or five certifications of Project Lead the Way. So um, gearing those wonderful things up towards my kiddos. Yay. And I'm Dana Cooney. I am the least certified of all the people in this group. Uh, I am certified Google level one and two. I am a global GEG leader. I'm the local leader of GEG Nevada. Um, I spent most of my career teaching math. And then last year I had an opportunity to move to computer science and I love it. So I'm, I'm getting more on the techie side and that comes with more of the trainings. And actually I have, I'm not a Google certified trainer, but I should hear like tomorrow or the next day if I actually got it. So we'll see. Um, I am a girls who code leader. I don't know what that's going to look like this year, but we'll see. Um, and I were the staff is back at my school, but the kids are not. I know Lance and Adam, you guys have kids back. Stacy, what about you? Are your kids back? Our kids are coming back on August 17th. We start back full time on Monday, all staff. And we have a whole week of ch chock full of PD and, and, um, teachers getting their, um, uh, program set up and, uh, students come back on Monday the 17th and we're virtual. Uh, no, no one will come on campus for at least the first six weeks, and then they reevaluate. And yes. Evan Lance, you guys are are virtual too, but your whole school is virtual, right? Well, we we run a virtual school, so Vital stands for Virtual Instruction to Accentuate Learning. Uh, we've had a virtual school for over ten years now, but uh, we actually provided the option. We have in our school district, we have face to face schools. We're actually one school in our district, and we have a total of twenty two schools in our district. Nineteen are traditional, three non traditional, uh, and we gave every student and parent the option of do you want to go into the virtual world uh, or remote learning or do you want to go face-to-face uh, -face? so i'm guessing adam's adam's got more of the data probably 88 percent of our students uh, have, and parents have chosen to go face-to-face -face. only about 12 percent have decided to go remote we did that as well lance we offered uh fully virtual to our our um our entire district and to our staffs. And um, so they're able to choose the way they want to interface with the district. Um, and then eventually we'll roll out our hybrid model, probably closer to the end of the first semester or starting second semester. But also uh, Santa Ana Unified is pivoting um, super fast as well, making a virtual school. So right now a whole bunch of us have been um, uh, given the task of creating our a semester course for our um, hypothetical virtual school that'll go online a second semester. So everybody's uh, like moving forward. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and well, I forgot to mention GEG. I felt remiss. Um, GEG SoCal. I'm a, I'm a, a leader of GEG SoCal as well. So I put everybody's local GEGs in the uh, ticker down the bottom. There you go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the leader of Tennessee. Tennessee GEG. But commercial break right quick and then we'll jump right into Canvas. Uh, we do host the largest Google conference in Tennessee uh, this year because of everything. It is going to be uh, virtual. Uh, one thing we were going through and looking at all the statistics on that, we have 17 certified trainers that will be presenting at this conference. We've got 37 Google certified, or I'm sorry, 
17 innovators, Google innovators, and 37 Google certified trainers, many level ones, many level twos that will be presenting at this conference. Uh, a lot about uh, personalized learning, remote learning, all that. Go to vitalgoogle.com and you can sign up for that. It's completely free. Uh, we just want to be able to provide that for you guys. That way you can have, you know, conversations with teachers that, that are currently in remote learning situations. Also, podcasts. I've got a podcast that Stephanie Howe and I roll out every week. Uh, we have uh, great speakers and things that are on there. We bring people from all across across the world to, together and talk about what they're doing. So uh, one of the big ones that we did recently was, or a couple of weeks ago was uh, a guy named Mel Varga from uh, China. And we, we were just talking to him about, you know, what are you seeing? What trends are you seeing right now with the COVID situation? Because they're a little further into it than us. And uh, he said, you know, we're about through it now. He said, everything's clearing up. So that gives us some hope that, you know, maybe we're going to get through this. All right. So tonight's agenda. First off, we're going to talk about teaching in Canvas. We're going to talk about what it's like to teach in Canvas. Uh, and there's different modalities, different things that we'll talk about there, different sections, layers. And we're just all going to kind of spitball this. So I'll start talking about some stuff. And then we'll, after we get through a slide or two, somebody else will start talking. But we're just going to we're just going to talk through this just very informal tonight. Uh, we'll talk about collaboration in Canvas, grading in Canvas and feedback in Canvas. So this is more about you, the teacher tonight. So the last couple of weeks, we've talked about building content and uh, and, you know, being a content designer or an administrator, things like that. Tonight, we're going to talk about you, the teacher. All right. So teaching in Canvas. Here we go. First off, I want to talk about synchronous teaching. All right, so synchronous teaching. Zoom and Google Meets are the two that I suggest. I know that Stacy uh, uses big blue buttons some, but Zoom and Google Meets, you can bring straight into your Canvas. We've got some links that are on some different slides that are gonna show you how to set up that LTI uh, so that you can bring those guys straight in. So with Zoom every day, my kids can go in there, click on a Zoom button, they join me live into my class, it records straight to the cloud and it stores that video right inside of my Canvas environment. Okay, there is some setup that you have to do, the teacher to do that. If you have Zoom accounts, it's not hard at all. So there, those are step-by-step -step directions that are right there, so you can do that. So let's talk about asynchronous. Let's say that you're needing to make some content for your students uh, so that they can watch later. Okay, of course, you can record your Zoom session, first off, or your Google Meet session if you're enterprise. You can record those, and like I said, they will stay right inside Canvas, or if you record them outside of Canvas, you can always bring the link and bring it straight in, all right? Second thing, though, is if you're just needing to make a video, maybe a tutorial over how to do something uh, for your students that maybe miss school, you don't have a recording, or you just want to make a different recording, Loom and Screencastify are the two that I would suggest. I lean more towards the Loom side because Loom is free for teachers, uh, the only negative that we've got on Loom is it doesn't store to Google Drive, but I'm okay with that because Loom gives us unlimited storage. There's a link there in Loom. You just take that Loom and you pop it right in. Those of you that are on the Screencastify bandwagon, I'm okay with that too. Uh, I don't like the limit of five minutes um, and I don't like the limit of, is it 30 or 50 videos a month? Something like that. Anyway, so for four, your synchronous learning, Zoom, Google Meets, asynchronous learning, I use Loom and Screencastify. All right, yeah. I'm big on trying to keep students engaged in the learning because in order to teach somebody, you have to engage them. And I'm probably starting to lose some of you guys right now because I've been going about four minutes talking. About three minutes is really about all that, that you can hold an audience. So um, I'm probably losing a couple of you right now. I believe in using the chat feature. So we'll show you tonight how to turn this chat feature on inside of your Canvas environment, if your district allows it. This will allow your students and your teachers to be able to talk back and forth. Uh, so if somebody has a quick question, they can pop it right in here. They'll get that. The teacher, you can see where it says instructor on this tab over here. This is the instructor typing. These are the students that are replying to that. So I really believe in keeping them engaged. The other thing is using discussions, setting up discussions so that your students will be engaged in the learning here. Okay, uh, this is really uh, so like a message board. I really feel like that a lot of the learning happens here. And then last, Adam's big one, Flipgrid. He's big on Flipgrid and, and really using that. He used it this summer for the first time. I know somebody did a session Saturday with GEG over Flipgrid uh, and 
man, it was great. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Like I learned a lot. And then the last, I'm sorry, I forgot one, Nearpod. And just because Amber, uh, our friend, just got a job at Paradeck, let's mention Paradeck too. So Nearpod, Paradeck will allow you to engage the students into the learning. So this is kind of my toolkit that I use inside of Canvas, one, to, to teach synchronously, asynchronously, and then to engage my students. I use these other tools to do that. Yay! Great job. You Yay. know, I sat through that. I sat through that Flipgrid. Uh, or it didn't sound like it's miserable, but you know, I watched the uh, Flipgrid the other day. They did a great job on it, and they were talking about all the changes and and all the benefits. And there's some things that even I haven't used at this point. But they have a great integration on Flipgrid's website with Nearpod. Some of you teachers out there that are looking for tools to use, that is a great, great integration with those two things combined. Yay. Hey, Lance, can you refresh your slides? I just added a couple things. Sure, I can try to. And I would just like oh, to okay. add, there is a million wonderful tools to use. Mm -hmm. Start with two or three. You yeah. don't have to learn everything. If you're overwhelmed, pick one. Maybe you just want to do Flipgrid. In fact, I would encourage Flipgrid. I'm a huge Flipgrid fan because it lets the kids talk through their process. And that's something like we try so hard to do with group learning in the classroom. But now that we're not in the classroom, it's like their only options. So to get the kids talking about the math or about the English process or a Socratic seminar, Flipgrid is a great way to do it. And then you have the kids comment on each other's videos. Yay. So um, uh, I, that is incredible advice, Dana, because um, a lot of us, you know, it doesn't matter who you are on the scale of your tech, uh, comfort with ed tech, at some point it's stressful and at some point it's too much. And so whatever, wherever you're at, just take as much as you can, it, can manage. Don't feel like you've got to go out there and wow everybody. Um, use what's relevant to you. And um, Dana's like spot on with Flipgrid. Talk about an easy tool. It, it It's easy for the kids. This is the TikTok generation. So they know how to do that kind of thing. It can be in-house only. The students can, um, you know, blur their little faces if they're shy. So really cool tool. This section we're going to go through quickly because um, we want to take questions from the chat and see what how you're feeling. And um, so what I did was I found some resources on virtual conferencing. Um, and so like here, you know, cowering underneath the, the big burden of, oh my goodness, how do I do a virtual conference? And then uh, two weeks ago, I had the, the wonderful good fortune of being in an avid three-day training. Um, again, another fire hose of wonderful information, but we used big blue button during the, at, the avid training and it was a delight. We did breakout rooms, we did elbow partners virtually, and we were able to draw on the screen with the whiteboard. So I really, really loved it. We will not be using big blue button in our district because it requires a license, uh, a, a larger subscription to Canvas over 10 licenses. So we will be using Google Meet and Zoom, but it was a delight. And if your district has enabled it and you're able to use it, uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. So um, if uh, Lance, if you don't, oh, by the way, the video here, all the videos are embedded. You can watch them at your um, uh, own pace, but these are from uh, Canvas themselves, and they have wonderful, wonderful videos. Um, Canvas, if you're watching, you need to have Lance on your on your YouTube channel um, because they're they're exactly what you need to know. It's not too much information. It's done in a in a very clear manner, and you'll learn how to do anything on their um, on their uh, YouTube channel. Next slide, please. I made Lance read. Reload the slide so you could see my silly bitmoji and I felt guilty. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't bring his computer down. So um, first we're cowering under the burden of all these cool tools and now the big blue button. Um, those are four resources from Canvas. Um, I put everything in there because it's not easy to find. It's, it, even though we can Google the answer, a lot of times it's not in a clear spot. So we've done that for you and I put the, link, the links there so you could easily find it. And that's the how to use the big blue button straight from big blue button. Um, and so, uh, again, I couldn't say enough wonderful things about it. It was really, really cool. Um, next. Oh, and Stacy, before yes, we go to the next. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot. I was going to show you guys how to do it. Let me, let me, that is, I'm the only one whose district allows that. Uh, Dana, go ahead, hon, and then I'll share my screen sure. for a second. Crafty, she's actually from my school. She had a question about big blue button earlier. Um, we yeah, are not using the blue button. 
I don't know why I was just given the no. Okay, so uh, the thing with Big Blue Button is it's an open source um, uh, platform, and that might be why Canvas uses it. it I don't want to speculate on when or, whether it's coming or going. All I know is that Canvas can't handle the traffic if we're all on it. So for you to use Big Blue Button in Canvas, you have to work it out with your district and the, and the Canvas subscription that you have. Um, again, we're a Google certified, um, excuse me, we're a Google Enterprise District, so G Suite for Education Enterprise, so we were going to be going with Meet, and I think our district's subscribing to Zoom as well to give the teachers plenty of options. We are a massive district like Dana's is. We have 50,000 students and 5,000 employees, so we need some, you know, some big, big tools. Um, going back to the big blue button, you don't have to um, uh, change, um, Lance, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to show my, where you find it in there. Cause I'm the only one whose district, let's see. Oh, application window called in my Firefox. I opened up my, um, canvas course in, um, my other, on my Firefox browser. So you can see that, but here's the course. And, um, when you want to go to conferences, you open that up. It's so easy at a conference. It's so not stressful. Um, enable recording, no time limit, give it a description, invite course members, remove course members, um, update. It's it's just a really, really nice tool to use. So um, when you're ready to play around with that, uh, go for it. If, if you see conferences and you, and, and you know you've got the big blue button in there. So um, I'll put Lance's back on there. Stop sharing my screen. So Google Meet is also integrated in Canvas. At the end of this uh, of, uh, end of our session, if there's time, then um, Lance will walk you through. Uh, Lance and I walk you through on their screens how to show do the LTI, uh, the integration with uh, Google Meet. It's really really easy and it's it's super powerful. Um, again, if you have an enterprise subscription to G Suite, you get 250. Um, uh, persons in your meet, they're rolling out, and, and this doesn't violate any NDAs because this is in the Google Cloud. It, all, everything in my slide is linkable. Google Meet links to the Google Cloud resource, uh, excuse me, um, uh, webpage telling us what's coming next week, virtual backgrounds, breakout rooms. Um, I'm remembering what I heard that I'm not allowed to say, so I know <laughs> virtual backgrounds and um, the hand raising is going to be in there and the breakout rooms. So, Lots of cool stuff. We'll start on Tuesday. Uh, it goes live, um, but those things are on the public Google Cloud website, and you can click on that to see what those are. And then again, how to add the LTI. That video there is the Canvas how-to video. So you just click on that and um, investigate to your heart's content. So I can't say enough nice things about Google Meet, and I'm so excited those changes are coming. Um, Zoom, again, it also integrates, and this video here is the Canvas video. It shows exactly how to do that. So um, I, when, when I share the videos, I always go to the time marker, um, pro tip in YouTube, just go to the time marker and then you grab the link and it goes to that point. So, and then some, um, if you look at the Zoom link, all that, the words are clickable as well. So that takes you to the documentation, how to use Zoom. And next is a really cool resource from uh, Canvas. Canvas is a community. Uh, Lance was bringing up that, you know, the Canvas Con is coming up. Um, Canvas, you can put all your courses in the Canvas Commons and share away. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can grab uh, your colleagues' cool materials and things like that. So it really is a community. And so um, that video is how to build a belonging community in the Canvas LMS. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> all right. So can I, add, I want to add something to Stacy's point there. There's a tool, I, instead of always trying to integrate something, if your district won't allow it, sometimes that happens, who knows. Uh, but you can do it. There's a tool called Redirect mm -hmm. Tool uh, under Apps. Great, great little tool. You can put any redirect address you want. It can either come inside of Canvas or you can bounce to the outside. Do you want to demonstrate Lance, that, Adam? You can share your screen and we'll put it on the deck. Well, I'll try. Let's see how my internet holds up, but let's do so it. Those of you uh, behind the, ignore the man behind the uh, curtain, but that's uh, Dana and I today. We're the stage managers as well, whereas Adam and Lance are guests, so we have to put their screens forward for them, but very fun. Stream yard. I actually am going to need to know how to do this too, Adam, because I have a Canvas shell in my district, but my curriculum is also a Canvas shell 
outside of my district. So I'm gonna have to redirect. So this is a great chance to learn this. Okay, cool. What I use, I use it a lot. I use it for pacing guides in spreadsheets that I'll link into Canvas so I can actually put it on a spreadsheet and that way it's easier for me to kind of send it out to the kids. But anyway, let me, and I know you can do that through syllabus, my teacher pages, all those things that you don't see that we sometimes need. But anyway, you go into settings, you go into apps, and then under apps, you're actually looking for redirect. And there it is. Once you bring up the tool, you add the app. Now here's everything you need. You want to name it what you want the actual um, menu to be. So if I wanted it to be like my teacher as an example, and whatever the page is, we'll just say myteacher.com, which I don't know if that's real or not, but we can show it in course navigation and we can add it. Now it doesn't, you can see, do I want it in a new tab? Do I want it in the same canvas instance? So probably would want that in there and then show in course navigation. And if I hit add the app, lo and behold, hopefully, if I refresh my page, we should have my teacher here at the bottom. And of course, <laughs> well, I don't know what my teacher page is. We might not want to go there. All right, so <laughs> yeah, so we, we just understand that whatever that link is, you can make it any link, so it doesn't matter. That just happens to be an example, and that's kind of the way we would do it for yeah, us. So if you've got if you if you've got sites that you go to a lot, uh, that that you want your students to be able to get to a lot, they can you can put it right there and just go to it. Hey, Adam, could you go ahead and show them how to set up Flipgrid too while while we're here? Because I know a lot uh, of our teachers use Flipgrid. Yes, I kind of can <laughs> because okay. I'll have to have well, the don't, LTI don't Yeah, don't show them your shared secret and key, but just show them where you go to set it up if you don't mind. Okay, well, I showed the, I showed where to find that last week, but let me let me bring it up real quick. But if you're going to do Flipgrid, a couple ways to do it, but you want to go ahead and go into the same deal under settings. A lot of things are already pre-built apps, and if they're not, you can usually create them yourself. But, of course, there's Flipgrid, and once you add the app, you do the same thing, consumer key, shared secret. Now, as an external tool, Flipgrid creates an item based to the actual grid. They don't call it grid anymore. They changed it to topics. And so they now call it topics. So they change it to, I know y'all are sad. Everybody's sad. It's called grid. Now it's called topics. But anyway, they you can link to that topic, and it actually will put that as an, a link in your course. So you can label it based upon either an assignment or something to that effect. And if you I that, yeah, I heard it had something to do with in global GEG, there was there was these, you know, tyrants that were talking about how good that grid view was. And we all know that list view is better. Uh, so I, I heard they had I heard they had to get away from grid view because th those people just didn't know what they were talking about. So they were getting a bad rap <laughs> because of that. We, we, we also got a question in here, Adam. They're asking, why did you not leave it as redirect? So why did you call it my teacher page and not leave it as redirect? Well, because if you leave it as redirect, it'll actually show up as redirect tool on the left side of your screen. And the reason you don't want to do that is because you're going to, if you really use this tool, chances are you're going to have more than one. And it's really easy. I like my teacher pages for every one of my teachers in my instance. And so we make, we create one of those redirect tools just for their page. And it has to match. I know Lance talked about two weeks or a couple of weeks ago about course numbers here at the top. You can see this 996. That course number is in your any redirect page that you put. And we also, this all this virtual backgrounds and everything, they're all redirects to a different link. But I change it because I know I'm going to use more than one. And truth is, we use multiples. I usually have two or three in there, pacing guide, my teacher, and sometimes we'll have help videos, which you, if you'll notice, there are no help videos linked. Yep. So anything he anything he renames it to is what's going to show up there on the left side. So if I put my website, MrKeysClassroom.com, I could put MrKeysClassroom.com and it would show up over there in blue. That way, when they click on it, they would know it was that one. If he didn't rename it, they would all say redirect, and then you would have to guess which one to click on there. So that's why we renamed those. All right, we're going to uh, jump into the second part of this. We're going to talk well, about... I'm sorry, oh. last thing on that. I forgot okay, go ahead. This, but if you use the redirect tool and you put the Zoom, your actual Zoom link there that you would normally join a meeting with, then it would bounce them outside, obviously, to your Zoom. And that's that would keep you from having to use the instance or the LTI if you didn't have access to it. Gotcha. Right, gotcha, gotcha. If I wanted to download the, or install the Flipgrid app, I have to do that in each of my courses. Is that correct? 
You can do it as a admin across the county. So Lance could, I mean, Lance for us could install it in any of the administration side, or it's typically better to install it in each course because if you don't, you still have to go back and link that course to your um, Flipgrid online course. Because if it doesn't, each, each course, like if you had three different classes, would link from your Canvas to your Flipgrid shared secret. Hey, um, Lance, since we're here, is that the same with the Google Assignments? Is it better for the district to push out Google Assignments globally or for the teacher um, to do it through their secret uh, key and all that sort of thing? Globally, definitely. Okay. Definitely globally. Yes, yes. Everything you, can set up, everything you can set up globally, you need to if you can. Also, while we're here too, Adam, go ahead and go back to your settings. Uh, this is the same place that if you're going to set Zoom up, Adam can type Zoom in right there in that list. Uh, I thought it was in the list. Oh, you've already installed it. My bad. All right. He could he could type Zoom in right there to that list, and it would have popped up. Or if he goes to View App Configuration up top in the right, since ours is already installed, you will see if he scrolls down oh, that. Fine. Well, okay. Maybe it's missing. All right. So what he can do here then is he can hit the plus app button, the red mm -hmm. button right there. And then he can actually manually enter this. So uh, Zoom will have that. I thought they were in the IWS. Uh, they, they are. It must. It might be his permissions, Lance. If you're, if you have a higher level, there's things. Uh, like we're, 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 yeah, we're both the same. So <laughs> he, he should have it. But anyways, it didn't pop up there. Zoom's there. I know it is. So you would do the same thing though. In Zoom, you get a shared secret. You get a key. You come in here. You find it. You pop those two things in, and you're ready to go. I mean, it's it's really that simple to do. Hey, Adam, can you show really fast how people do the Google assignments? So when they're talking to their IT department, they've got some language they can use to uh, ask for that. Lance, do you want to go through your embed from the from the admin side on that? Yeah, I, I don't think Adam has got it on his side yet. Let me look and see if I've got it. I know I've got it installed here on my side. It, it helps because a lot of our uh, a lot of school districts, maybe this is new to them, and so um, it helps if the teachers have that language that they can ask for certain functionality when something's new. So, And Google Assignments is so cool. <laughs> it is. It kind of gives you that Google Classroom uh, look. So, you have configuration. And the best part of watching this later, um, if y'all are joining us later, is watch this at two times speed because uh, we're speaking conversationally and when you go double speed, you still make, still makes a lot of sense, but you can target the art part of the broadcast that really resonates for you. So it's kind of hey, fun. Stacey, if, you, if you don't yeah. care, share my screen here. Yeah, I forget you're in the all back. Right. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going to, I'm going to go, go back one Lance. So they see what you did. Cause they weren't sure. So, so what you're going to do is what I was having Adam do earlier and you can see in mine, I do have zoom sitting down here. So what you'll have them do is they'll hit the plus sign right here and you will manually enter this. So you can call this Google, whatever, Google assignments, whatever you want to call it. And you have to go and get your consumer key and your shared secret uh, for the Google admin console. Okay. So I'm, I'm the Google admin for our district, so I can get that. So I'll show you what ours looks like. You'll see our, our uh, let's see, Google LTI edit. So here's our Google Assignments LTI. Here's our consumer key. Shared secret, of course, is blanked out, so you can't see that and steal that. Here's the launch URL that you'll need, which is assignments.google.com forward slash LTI forward slash E. Domain is google.com, and it is public. So here you go. This tells you what it's going to do. It's going to collect, analyze, and grade student work with Google Assignments. So this is this is all the information. They'll literally go into the admin console, get that consumer key, get that shared secret, pop those two things in. If they tell you it takes a long time, it's a lie. It doesn't. It, it literally takes 30 seconds to do. Same thing we did. Same thing we did here with Zoom is consumer key, shared secret, launch URL, and you're ready to go. That's fantastic. And what would it look like for the difference for the teacher when they are using Google Assignments versus their traditional, just plain old Google Drive? Yeah, so with Google Assignments, it takes you out to assignments.google.com pretty much. And it's going to give you the ability to create 
assignments so that it looks just like Google Classroom. So again, you'll come in here, here's your title, here's your instructions, your point value, your due date, and then you attach your files, add rubrics if you want to. Yep, and that's it. Fantastic. That is it, it's just that simple. That's that simple. All right, so next we're gonna talk about collaboration in Canvas. Uh, we're already 35 minutes in. So uh, first off, um, I, I wanna talk about teachers first because uh, us as teachers, we can collaborate. I've got, I've got some teachers right now that are stressing uh, and Adam can kind of attest to this because they're trying to do too much, all right? We, we need to lean on each other during these times. Dana can tell you, I've leaned on her a little bit uh, to, to help me do some stuff. She's leaned on me to help her do some stuff and, and we have worked together and we're, she's in uh, Las Vegas and I'm here in Tennessee. So we're miles and miles apart, but with Canvas Commons. Personal coach. Yes. Uh, I don't know, I don't know about that. But yeah, uh, Google Assignments is hot out of beta. So whoever tech uh, integration is, uh, it actually kind of still is in beta. There's still some bugs that we're working on. Uh, I've been on that since the very beginning. Um, I'm not, I haven't really pushed it out big in my district yet because I do know of the bugs and some of the problems you can have, but it will give you that Google Classroom look and feel. So we need to lean on each other. Uh, so I've got probably 20 math teachers in my district that teach integrated math one, which is algebra one out there for most of you guys. If we have all of those teachers create nine assignments, that's 180 days worth of content. Mm -hmm. So every teacher can find time to create nine assignments. We could build it in one shell in Canvas, put it in our district, and then share it out to everybody. Man, how great is that? Okay, or Dana's got some great teachers in her district that have made some stuff that she could share with me. And I've got some teachers that's made some stuff that I can share with her. And then we can take the load off each other. Okay. And I, I love the statement that, well, the standards aren't the same. Well, I'm sorry, but the laws of the universe have not changed. So, <laughs> so I don't, I, I think math is math and I think science is science. Uh, history, it is told a little different depending on which, uh, side of the United States you're on. Um, but you know, history is what it is. English, of course, maybe that's up for interpretation, but uh, we got it right in the South because everybody loves to hear us talk. But anyways, we can lean on one another and collaborate with one another. So I'm gonna jump, let Adam jump into this right quick because there's too many words on this for me, Adam. There is. Well, we were sitting here, we were trying to go through this and this is where I think our, our communication has to happen. But first of all, we've talked about building a class and. And what it means for every teacher, and I know you guys started at the beginning of this about picking just a couple of tools and trying to really master those. That's a great idea. But also, what is your vision? What do you want to get back from your kids? How are you going to get the input? How are you going to get kids to talk? You know, I talk about Flipgrid. That's an easy icebreaker. It's something you can do as a tool. I know I saw one the other day where it said, your first post in your class, and I'm still in somebody's idea out there. That's what teaching is the original open source. So we still have everybody's ideas. So this idea was two truths and a lie on a flip grid. Make everybody tell two truths and a lie and let the comments be tell the lie. Try to decide what the lie is of the person. Great way to start ice breaking and get kids to open up early. And then how are you going to deliver the content? I know we've talked about Zoom. We've talked about all these ideas. Is it going to be a lecture based? Is it going to be synchronous? Is it going to be asynchronous? What do you want to do and how are you going to do it? And I know we spent a little bit of time on that. And then how are you going to check for understanding? How are you going to get the information back? How are you going to get, you know, know that you're getting rapport, that you're getting uh, the kids to speak to you in a way that you're going to understand. And I know I sat through a training earlier today where they talked about the difference between LMSs. And one of the differences between all LMSs has to do with the fact of analytics, of tools, of things being able to see. And Canvas has the opportunity to get some analytics, to get some things back. So that's a, you know, we got to make sure we're able to do that. And then tools, 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 what will meet your need? External tools. We talked about the two being a master of a couple, but really in the end, and I spoke to a couple emails this week, one of them in particular, I remember where they asked about how can you make Canvas do this for me? And well, Canvas doesn't do a lot for us, it gives us the access to create the opportunities to do a lot. And what we can do is find the tools that are out there. And everybody on this page, all I speak for all of my colleagues here to say free is what we prefer. 
We like free. And so if they're free tools, we're always looking for those first. Then we're looking for the ones that really meet our needs. And, and uh, you know, if Flipgrid happens to be one, Google, uh, Google Classroom or Google Assignments, Google Docs, what we use a lot of in mind. But there's other tools that we use as well, discussion boards and things like that. we got to blend in there. How do you create involvement and discussions within your course? We already know that. Discussion boards, flip grids, email communication. Sometimes the kids can submit their own videos within Canvas. That's an option as well. So you can do a lot of different ways to try to get discussions open. But how are you going to get kids to speak? Kids that, and this is just a thought, but kids that have difficulty typing, and spell check and you know all those things they're not comfortable anyway typing on discussion boards so sometimes you got to really get people out of their shell in other ways do you want a competency-based thought process or an evaluation based what kind of course are you building do you want to try to build it based upon let a kid do multiple assignments or multiple takes on an assignment to see if we can get that competency up i know we talked about that in the first week with Lance. Hey, there we go. I was uh, trying to get Adam up there. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. No, it, it, that was pretty cool though, Stacey. You can put you up there. I don't mind. So so what do you want to do with your, with your actual course? And these are all visions that I'm talking about. And then, of course, does it blend it? Is it video-based? Is it content-based? And I think in this world today, most of us are, are kind of teetering on the lines of blended. And then uh, what you, <laughs> philosophy, I put that on there. I know y'all are 80s any 80s kids out there philosophy is a walk on the slippery rock religion eddie burkell said that many years ago and i think you know your philosophy is important what is what do you believe about your course and try to stay true to it but at the same time obviously you've got to manipulate some things to matter and um and then on the other one we talked about this earlier i actually dealt with this with a teacher this week and it was a great conversation i actually loved enjoyed that conversation she brought it in and she said, look at my class. It has three different sections in one course. And I said, are you teaching the same content among all three courses? And she said, yes. And I said, well, then this is going to be great for you because now you can decide whether an assignment comes in for one section uh, on Monday and the other one comes in on Tuesday. You can change the availability date, whether it shows up for two weeks for one or three weeks for the other, and you can make even further modifications where you can break it down by students. If you want to put up groups, like uh, maybe maybe you've got some kids in there that need modifications, uh, five, whatever it is, you can put those in there as well. So this is a great way. And then you think, well, that's, that's all fine and dandy. I've created the assignments. Well, it doesn't matter. They're all going to come to the same place to grade. So you'll see the assignments in the grade list. But in your grade book, if you'll notice right there on my right, you can see under filters, it doesn't say filter by sections, but if you have sections, it will come up there under filters and you can see each class separately. A great, great tool to build one class with one content among three classes. So if you guys haven't really dived into can in the canvas yet, this would be a great reason for those of you that have the same preps, but maybe different speeds. All right. And Adam, I'll show that right quick. I believe I, I still have Oh, I lied. I don't have the course still pulled up. I thought I did. Dana, Where did I had you, different sections you were in there. About sections today with me. Oh, yeah. Cross listing. Yeah. I'll show how to do that real quick. If, you were so proud of that today, Lance. Yay. That's there you go. So you will see I, I've got, I teach students in all different uh, places. So you'll see that I have uh, five, six kids here, one, two kids here. Uh, I'm the teacher for all the all the sections right here, but I've got teachers or students that are all across the district here. So let's talk about what it means when you're cross-listed. So if I go here to grades, as Adam was saying, maybe. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, and I go to view and then I go to filters. I've got sections right there. So I can filter this by section. So what that means is, I just turned it off. I get this drop down menu right here and I just wanna see my one, two class now. And I click on that and you'll see then, I only see that group of kids. If I wanna see the next group of kids, there you go. I can see that group of kids, which is only one student. And then last, if I wanna see the last group of kids, right here you go. 
So to cross list those so that you can do that, my, my district chose to set it up so that if you are teaching the same thing, it auto cross lists for you. This oh, makes cool. it easier for you. Yeah. But if you want to do that, and this is one thing Adam's a pro at, the sections button under settings. So settings and then sections. Here are my three. If I want to uncross list them, I just click the X on each one of them and it'll uncross list them. But uh, if I you know, not uncross list, if you have students in there. Um, yeah, they're, they're still there. It'll just put another card on your page. It won't do it. Trust me. I tried today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll trust you, but uh, I'm going to agree to disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. But if I, but maybe if it manually does it, because does it manually do it, Dana, in your district? We have to, we have to cross list them and then only the admin can uncross list them. So uh, Dana made a mistake uh, and, uh, <laughs> Okay, then that yeah. may be the case because I can uncross list and, and do that because I have to right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I want to cross list, I just go get a number, a course number, which in case you don't know, guys, up here, this number after courses is your course number. Okay, so that course number, if this was a different one, I could go here, I could pop this guy in here, and then I could hit plus section, and then it would add a section to this. Okay, so if they're, if your classes aren't cross-listed and you want them cross-listed, this is the way to do it. And a lot of times our teachers will come in and they'll want for their honor sections and their regular sections, they'll want them cross-listed. Now, they're different courses, but what they'll do is they'll assign the base content to everybody, and then they'll come in and assign just the honors content to the honors section. So that will save you some time, too. All right. So that's how you do sections. That's where you cross list. You do all that. Good job today, Dana, on getting that done. Yeah, good job. All right. So and now we're going to talk. Go ahead. You make a mistake, reach out to your admin. Exactly. Um, they're as nice as Adam and Lance, but seriously, they can undo a lot of stuff <laughs> for <Yep>. you. <laughs> yep. So, so now we're going to talk about grading in Canvas. So how to grade uh, inside of Canvas. And we're going to talk about uh, quizzes. We're going to talk about some some papers, tests, things like that. So first off, I have a, uh, a screenshot here of a paper that someone's written in. This is SpeedGrader that we got going on here. And you can, uh, and I'll show you how to do this in just a second. When you come into SpeedGrader, a couple of parts that you want to know. First off, along the top up here, you will have some annotation tools. Uh, you can highlight, you can uh, write on top of this, you can type messages to them directly inside of this, inside of SpeedGrader. Across the top, you'll see this is one of eight students. You can see the grade, the average grade that students have got on this. But then you've got the ability to change your students right here. And also you can set this up so that it's anonymous, so you don't know who the students are. Uh, and all you'll see is like student one, student two, all that. You'll have this submission view button, and the reason you have this is they could have submitted this more than once, depending on um, how you've got your assignment set up. So you can change to see different submissions. And then last, you can put the grade here. If you've got a rubric, you can click on the rubric here to view the rubric, click through that to give them the grade, add a comment, and then you can add a file if you wanted to, an audio recording here or a video recording here. So if you just want to give them, you know, a recording right quick so they hear your voice, you know, students may respond better to that than typing, you can do that there. All right, now if we're looking on a quiz, it's actually going to pop up in here if it doesn't auto grade and say, hey, you need to grade this question. So you can come up to the top, click that question, it'll scroll you down to the bottom, you can grade that one question and you're ready to go. All right, so you click on that. Scroll down. All right. I can put my comments here over to the side. It's going to total all of this. When you do put the points in here for the ones you got to manually grade, you do have to hit update score. That's one thing that I learned the hard way. So you have to hit <laughs> update score there. Okay. And then it will update over here. But again, you've got the same options over here. Recording, video recording, put a file right there. All right. Let me, I want to jump out and actually show this to you guys right quick. So I'm, I'm inside my environment here. I'm going to go to, let's see, what do I want to grade in here? Humor analysis. I feel like being humorous tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to click on this guy. Here was the assignment. Over to the right, you'll see that I have speed grader. So I'm going to click on speed grader. That's going to take me out to my students. 
Notice this first one doesn't have a submission, so this may have been something the student had trouble submitting it, so they shared it with the teacher. I'm going to go to my daughter's, share that with you guys. Oh, and you can see where the – what's that? Poor old Sarah. Poor old Sarah, I know. You can see <laughs> over here where, where the teacher has come through and highlighted some things, or maybe Sarah highlighted some things. I'm not for sure. But I've got these tools across the top. So if I want to come in and right on top of this, let's grab some red. Let's make this look like my papers did in school. It look like a cat cut itself and walked across there. You can <laughs> circle this, come over here, and, and leave a comment. Okay? I like the way – you said that, period, and then press enter. So now she's got a, a statement which comes in here. All right, I like that. Or I can come in here, I can add text, I can select anywhere, and then I can start writing right over the top of where she's at. Of course, I wouldn't want to do that there, but I might want to come out here to the side and put an annotation here, okay? And then say something like, good, um, opening sentence. Obviously, I am not a uh, English as, teacher. As he's doing that, I want everybody to hear this out there. Uh, the comments are typically found in the gradebook for the student. At the end, they'll see like a little thing and they can click on it and it will load these comments like he's putting on there with the annotations. Yep. And, All right. and my, All right. and my, my favorite, he, are you going to do my favorite, Lance? You got to do my favorite on there now. It's the drop in. The drop in. I love the drop pins where you drop the pin and then you put it, just put a comment beside it. That's my favorite. Yep. I use that a lot. Come in here, click this guy, and then it's going to bring it out to the side, and then you can leave a comment. So good job. My daughter's going to be like, why are you leaving all these comments in my paper? All right, so <laughs> you, can, you can drop those pins. You can see the line comes out to the side. So this is right inside of the paper. But again, like we showed you earlier, at the bottom of this, you can see the teacher left a comment over the whole assignment. The student can come in here and leave a comment back, or I could, or I can come in here and click the paper clip and say, all right, I want to leave a file for you to look at. Maybe I've got some uh, a paper I want you to look at that's like yours, but you know, maybe you want to grab some ideas from. I can click here. I can record media. So you're probably going to get to see my wall right here because it's going to select my other camera. So you see, I could hit record. It's going to count me down. And we're good to go. And it's going to record everything I'm saying. And I'm going to hit finish and save. And that's going to drop it right in there. So she can click on this. And it's going to play my media right there. Same thing with audio. Once you get finished, you just hit submit and you're good to go. So grading is as easy as that inside of Canvas. When I want to go to the next paper, I click on this arrow right here. I go to the next paper. Or I can click the drop-down box and see all my students and select who I want to see. The other way you can see what you need to grade inside of Canvas is when you're on your courses page or your dashboard page, you will have a to-do list over on the right. So I've got my coming up. Hey, I'm ahead. So I don't have anything to grade right now, or it would say it right here. So I'm doing a good job, Coach West, staying ahead on my grading. Yeah, and it's all then that free time. It's all that free time. I will do this. This will unfreeze. Uh, oh, good. Adam unfreeze. Um, the cool thing about the comments, too, is you can edit them. So if you said something and later on you want to say it differently or delete them completely and the student won't see them anymore. So it's it's neat. It's not like a one and you post it forever and can't undo it. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's true. And so, all right. So I want to talk about, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about modifications, trying to meet the needs of, of everybody. And that's always difficult sometimes in online learning. And I know we all know that, but sometimes you might want to drop a class or drop an assignment. And so you already got your groups. We've already talked about grade weighting, how to set up all that. Hopefully you guys remember that under assignments. But as we get into assignments, we can go into each group and say, you know what, I've given a hundred assignments and I want to drop just a couple, whatever, it doesn't matter. But once I click here, I can click on edit and then it will bring up which ones do we want to drop or never drop this assignment. You can do a lot of different choices that you have, but it's a good way to do your, I mean, if some of us, typically most of us do some form of that, but you, you might even want to do what I told, talked about earlier in multiple submissions as opposed to dropping assignment. That might be the better idea. But anyway, these are just an idea as far as dropping and using your grade weighting to your advantage or to the kid's advantage, I guess. 
All right. And then last feedback in Canvas. I kind of went ahead because I knew that we were running out of time. I talked about feedback inside of Canvas already. Uh, so as we were talking about, Adam's talking about dropping your pins here, highlighting things going in. This is where you can put comments inside of the paper. But here's also where you can put comments on the side or you can use these guys to add a file uh, to record a video or record an audio file. I jumped ahead kind of on purpose there because I knew we we're down to about five minutes and I wanted to get to questions. So oh, yeah, and then you don't you don't have to end right on time. Today. There's not another broadcast coming up. So it's, you guys can finish up your thought. Oh, OK. No, no, we're good. So just bring on the questions. Let's let's see what what's out there. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, we'll, we'll take it. I've got one from Okay. Tech integration. Yeah, tech integration also said uh, Zoom is Zoom is dead. Uh, Google Meets is king. I think something like that. <laughs> uh, and and, and I'm going to beg that I'm going to beg to differ. I'm right the opposite. When so for those of you who don't know, uh, in September Google is going to enterprise, and if you don't have enterprise edition, all these cool features that are in Google Meets is going to be gone. So just be prepared. The only thing you're going to be able to do is meet with up to like a hundred people. I don't think you're even going to be able to record your session. So mm -hmm. that's why we, that's why we chose as a district to go to zoom. If you want to know if your district is enterprise or not, cause it's not an easy thing to find out. One trick you can do is you can go into Google classroom and try to create an assignment and click the, uh, what's the, the plagiarism check tool. Yeah, the plagiarism check tool. If a box pops up and says you only have three assignments left, that means you are not enterprise, right. which means you will not be able to record and meet later. Yep. That's, a good, that's a good tip. Yeah, it is. And, and I'll tell you this, enterprise is not cheap. We looked into it and it was going to cost us, uh, I think, $300,000 to go enterprise in Google. So we, we chose to go with Zoom and we got Zoom licenses for all of our teachers for, I think it was 25,000. All right, so we got a question here. What is the advantage to using Google Assignments LTI? So my, my take on that is for my teachers who are used to that Google Classroom look, uh, Google Assignments will give you that Google Classroom look inside of Canvas. So, you know, it makes a copy of the page and you can make copies, but when it comes to the commenting on the side and turning things back, Google Assignments does that better than the Google Cloud Create that, uh, that Canvas has built in. I had a question about Flipgrid. I think, I don't know if I answered it or not, but uh, I think it's from Catherine as well. Do you have the same secret key for each course you install Flipgrid on in Canvas? No, you do not. Every course will have a different uh, shared secret. As you can see, here's a couple of different courses in my integration of Flipgrid that I've kind of put across the other one as well. Hang on a second. Can we share his screen? Or are you trying to show us that? Oh, yeah. God, well, I show I'm sorry. I can show okay. it. Yeah. Go, yeah, there's up at the top right of Flipgrid. You can see under integrations as you uh, Adam, add multiple. Is, Adam, can you share your screen? There oh, sorry. Did I, I thought that. Sorry You're good. That. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Up at Flipgrid, you've got your integrations here. And then, of course, you as you add integrations, you'll have that key to add in your canvas. So the more every course you have will have an integration. I saw somebody the other day with like eight on here. So it doesn't matter how many you put there because it's all free. It Flipgrid is free. You like that? They're not, they're not 300 grand or three G's or three, <laughs> 300 G's. Let's say that differently. So anyway, that, that was one of the questions. Any other questions y'all got on there? Let's see. Good, good one. I saw one about, I'm sorry. I saw one. Is it better to use an app an app in the course or embedded in an assignment, I think was the question. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so my, like yeah, so my take on that and, and that's, uh, it's up to you really. Uh, an app will help you do the embed code for you. So like if you go to, um, if you go to Google slides and get the ant share it to publish it to the web, uh, and then bring that embed code in, uh, that HTML and paste it in there, um, then you're golden. It's the same thing as using the Google Google uh, Drive app 
to, to bring an assignment in. The Google Drive app just does all that coding for you. Now, my thing is, is I like to go in and change the HTML sometimes to the 100% like Adam does or change it to a certain certain pixel uh, so that it looks the way that I want it to look. Uh, but then there's others, especially like with CK12 that we talked about last week that has some grade passback. All right, so the grade passback allows for uh, grades to come back from you know, CK12 or from other assignments, things like that. So for me, uh, they're really the same thing. If you know how to do HTML and you know how to embed things, um, you can do it about as quick that way. Or if you just want the easy way, you can use the app from the plugin button, bring it in from Google Drive, and, and then it'll be there. And then you can actually hit the HTML and edit the HTML from there too. So you can do it either way. Yeah, that's great. And then the last ones were just, you know, today's resources. So we put that in the chat and it's displayed so you can watch this again. And then let's make sure if you fill out your feedback, the amazing Miss Dana Cooney will send you. Actually, uh, who's not the feedback one? It's that you're doing it for the presenter. So you will get a certificate that says that you were with us today. And um, so you can show it to your colleagues. And um, we provide feedback as well. Stacy, since we all four on here, I don't know if we all have one. Let's let's all see our virtual. We've started with virtual backgrounds the first week. So oh. let's see your virtual class. Do y'all want to pull up a virtual classroom that you got? And let's see what we've got after week four. Ooh. Putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. One last week. Do you know how big? Do you know how big my Google Drive is and how long that's going to take, Adam? Come on, you got it. In there. Just pull up the class. Oh, did I put it? In? I did put it in my class. You are correct. I don't think I did mine. Dana, mine is mine's well, ready. So I haven't decided which one I'm going to do it on because I have two canvases. I have the one in CCSD and I have the one outside of CCSD, and I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it. I need to talk to my coach Lance. Your coach Lance. All right, so we got. All right, here is Stacy's. I have. Bam making this one that was very fun all my little pieces and i reshaped them and tweaked them so that they're you know and they're all hyperlinked yeah, yeah they like stack and then my posters and it does look a lot like my lap okay so let's I see like lance's video that's awesome yeah all right lance share it up let's see what you got mine oh hold on i gotta drag it over there there we go mine is very minimal Oh, I like that one. That's really good. We got the the uh, the uh, gif in there and yeah, yeah, there's a couple of gifs going on. Get one here, one there, one here, yeah. there, there. I feel, I feel then, now. All right, Adam. You want to see mine? Yep. I'm thinking about actually putting. I wonder if there's a way to put music in the back of these. I'd like to do dollar dollar bill y'all or something like that in the background, oh, so you can. Yeah. You can you can do um, clay codes record the slides. Yeah, some um, extension, and then you okay. can record. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be funny. So anyway, this is obviously a personal finance course. And I, robbing a bank was kind of, kind of the thing. Oh. I, or writing a rap song. That's your two choices. Probably the most difficult way to make money is to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> right. Probably a lot easier ways. <laughs> all right, yeah. so. Dana. After I finished mine, they changed all the computer science principle standards. I have to redo them. But my daughter helped me make this. Like you click on the coffee and it goes to a video about Java, the programming language. Oh. We got a little virus over here. And you'll, if you click on the virus, it'll take you to a video about computer viruses. Is that COVID-19 there? I don't. It, well, it is a round virus, so it might be. Oh. Uh, we got a bug on the wall where if you click on the bug, you learn about like how it came up with the name computer bug. I'm live on YouTube. Sorry. It's okay. Got cookies or what's a cookie? That's awesome. It's about cookies and where, stuff. Where, where, where's the cash at? Oh, oh that's on Adam's. My bad. Yeah. I'll put some cash on the table and do that one. There you go. So about there you go. There you go. So that's very cool. I think we've got everything. I'm going to put this in the chat really fast, the feedback, because it's fun to get your certificate and um, get your little bit of credit there. And so I think we are. Yay. 
There we go. All right, guys. Well, this is this is week four for us. Uh, you know, thank thank you, Stacy and Dana, for listening to Adam and I for over four hours of this, and thank you, audience out there, for listening to us. Uh, Adam and I, I've got to go back to our, our day jobs now. So uh, this this. This is going to be the last one for a little while. If uh, if there's anything that uh, you guys need, uh, our emails are on the slideshows. We'll be glad to help you uh, with anything that we can. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll be back sometime with GEG to help out with Canvas or something else with your needs. So, but thank you for having us and putting up with us for four weeks. We only yeah. thought this was going to go like a week or two. Yeah, thank thank you for the really really hard work on this, Lance and Adam. You guys rock, and everybody, good luck this school year. Yay! Yay. Right. Knock it out of the park. All right. See you guys. Take it easy. Take it easy.